And well, it's an honor uh, to have an opportunity to share this morning. Good to see y'all. Thanks for not leaving once y'all knew that the pastors weren't here. But uh, we praise God for our amazing pastors. Amen. Continue to pray for them. What happened? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Bill. Okay, sorry. Um, so continue to pray for our pastors. Amen. Um, I think it's very important that we all stay in unity and in agreement and praying for them and lifting them up, um, you know, as often as the Lord brings it to mind. Amen. Be encouraged this morning, no matter what you're going through, no matter where we're at in life, God's grace is sufficient for you. Amen. Second uh, Corinthians twelve nine. you know, Paul was going through something. He said, a, a thorn, you know, in my flesh. He said, I pleaded with the Lord to remove this thing. So I pleaded three times, and uh, he said the Lord answered and said, my grace is sufficient for you. So that grace, that healing power, that strength, that victory, that clarity of thought, that vision, anything that Paul needed to get over that thing and get through it and get past it, God said, my grace is sufficient for you to get through it. Amen? And so be encouraged this morning, no matter where we're at in life, His grace is sufficient for us. And uh, awesome word, Kelly, coming out of worship. Amen. He is with us, even in the midst of a fire, no matter what we're going through. Also be encouraged this morning. We are secure in the Father's love for us. Amen. And uh, I shared this with our uh, little sixth grade basketball team the other day. And, uh, boy, I shared this scripture, and, and, and uh, something changed in the atmosphere uh, 14 little kids on, on the team, on the sixth grade team, and, and I shared this scripture. And I said, man, be, be encouraged. If you miss shots today, you make bad passes, you make mistakes, it's okay. We are secure in the Father's love this morning. Amen? You are valuable as a person. And uh, Romans 8, 38 and 39, Paul said, I am persuaded that neither death, not life, not angels, not principalities or powers, not things present today, not things to come, not height, not depth, nor any other created thing can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. When you and I come to God in the name of Jesus, his arms are open and he receives us in love. His favor is on our life. Amen. The word of the Lord this morning is speak life. Everybody say, speak life. The Lord has continued to impress on me more and more uh, recently the importance of being very deliberate with every word that comes out of my mouth and uh, just the importance of it and the power of it and the significance of it. And, and so the word of the Lord this morning, I, I do believe it's a word for us, um, is, is to speak life. And and going to talk just for a second about uh, Isaac in the book of uh, Genesis chapter 27. He had these two sons, uh, Jacob and Esau. Esau was the firstborn. Esau was supposed to get the blessing. And uh, we know that Jacob tricked Esau. He deceived him. And he went in and he got the blessing instead. Uh, Isaac was older, he, and he said he was, his eyes were dim. He, he couldn't even tell his sons apart. And, uh, and so uh, Jacob comes in, and, and he, he tricks his father. And, um, and, and so Isaac mistakenly gives the blessing to Jacob instead. And uh, it goes something like this. Uh, verse 26 of Genesis 27 says, uh, Then his father Isaac said to, uh, said to Jacob, he said, Come near me. Uh, now and kiss me, my son. 
And I, uh, Jacob came near, and he kissed his father, and, and his father smelled the smell of his clothing, and he blessed him, and he said, Surely the smell of my son is like the smell of a field. Esau was an outdoorsman, so, so he had some, you know, Esau's clothes on. So he thought it was Esau, which the Lord has blessed. And here's the blessing right here, verse 28. <clears throat> Isaac spoke these words. He said, Therefore... May God give you of the dew of heaven, of the fatness of the earth, and plenty of grain and wine. Let peoples serve you. Let nations bow down to you. Be master over your brethren, and let your mother's sons bow down to you. Cursed be everyone who curses you, and blessed be those who bless you. He proclaimed this powerful blessing over his son Jacob. We know that Jacob's name was later changed to Israel. And now we're witnesses all throughout history from these few words spoken, this amazing, powerful blessing spoken over this young man whose name was changed to Israel, who became a powerful nation. Esau comes in. He's like, wait a minute. You only have one blessing? What are you talking about? I'm the firstborn. You've made a terrible mistake. And, and Isaac said this. He said, surely the one that I blessed, he is going to be blessed. In verse or chapter 28, actually uh, later on in verse uh, 33, he said, Isaac trembled exceedingly. He said, who are you? Uh, where, where's the one who hunted game and brought it to me? I've already eaten all of it and before you came. I have blessed him, and indeed he is going to be blessed. <clears throat> And then later on, uh, said Isaac called Jacob again, and he blessed him again, and he charged him. And then he said this in verse 3 of Genesis uh, 28, verse 3. He said, May God Almighty bless you and make you fruitful and multiply you, that you may be an assembly of peoples and give you the blessing of my father Abraham to you and your descendants with you, that you may inherit the land in which you are a stranger, which God gave to Abraham. It's amazing because we all speak so many things every day, you know, and, and so, many of, so many things may seem significant. But from the beginning of time, we see this example that the Lord gave us, these powerful words spoken over a son whose name was changed to Israel, who became a great nation. And we see that simple blessing, those simple words carried out through all of time, and indeed, they have been blessed. They're a powerful nation, tiny little geographical area, and everything, they're in the news every day. Amen? Four, five, six thousand years later, I guess it's four thousand years later, we're still talking about him. His father proclaimed that blessing over his life. Every word that come out, comes out of our mouth must be deliberate, it must be spoken on purpose, and it must be spoken for a purpose. Amen? I don't know when I started hearing, well, it is what it is. Have y'all heard that? I'm not being critical of you if you've said that in the last week, but I, I keep hearing that. Well, it is what it is. I heard it like twice last week. Oh, you know, it is what it is. And it's usually a description of something that's not going as people maybe hoped it would. Well, it is what it is. 
you know it is what it is. Let me tell you something. No, it is not what it is. It is what we decide it will be. It is what we're going to speak it will be. Amen? We have the opportunity to change what it is. It is not what it is. It is what we decide in our heart and speak over the situation. That's what it's going to be. Amen? The truth of God's word is that it is what we speak. You and I are not governed by circumstances. The the words that we speak have the power to change circumstances. Amen? We're not powerless in this life. We've been given power. We've been given victory, and we manifest that victorious life with that living word that we speak out of our mouth. Amen? From the beginning of time, look at Genesis chapter 1, the very beginning. Verse 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form. It was void. Darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of the Lord was hovering over the face of the waters. The earth was without form, and darkness was on the face of the deep. In a moment's time, Everything changed when God spoke a word. From that moment forward, he spoke a word and everything changed. Verse 3, then God said, let there be light. Amen? And uh, verse 6, then God said, let there be a a firmament in the midst of the waters. Verse 9, then God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together. Then God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb that yields seed, and the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind, which seed is in itself on the earth. And it was so. Verse 14, then God said, let there be lights in the firmaments of the heavens. Verse 20, then God said, let the waters abound with an abundance of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth. Uh, across the face of the firmament of the heavens. So God created sea creatures and every living thing that moves. Then verse 24, Then God said, Let the earth bring forth living creatures according to its kind, cattle and creeping things and beasts of the earth, each according to its kind. And it was so. And then verse 26, the most amazing thing he created, the person that's sitting next to you, Verse 26, he said, then God said, everybody say God said, then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. From the very beginning, we see the amazing, creative power of words spoken. Amen? It's the system that God set in in order, that he set in motion from the very beginning, that words have creative power. Amen? Hebrews 11.3 says, it's by faith that we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. 
He took invisible things. He added words and things became. It's amazing. <laughs> Amen. His word is powerful. Amen. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by God's word so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. And then Hebrews 1, 1 through 3. I'm going to go ahead and read those three scriptures. Hebrews 1, 1 through 3 says, God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom he also made the worlds, who, being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power. Amen? He created everything by his word, and he's upholding all things by the word of his power. Amen? It's awesome. Thank you, Lord. The word created all things at the beginning, and the word is upholding all things. No wonder that the writer of Hebrews says in Hebrews 4.12 that the word of God is living, it's powerful, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. The word is piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow. It's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And look at what the writer of Revelation, we see the word present in power at the beginning of time. And then we have a vision from the writer of Revelation of the power of the word at the end. Re uh, Revelation 19 11 through 15 said now the heaven opened and uh, now I saw heaven opened and behold there was a white horse and he who sat on him was called faithful and true and in righteousness he judges and makes war his eyes were like a flame of fire and on his head were many crowns he had a name written that no one knew except himself he was clothed with a robe dipped in blood and his name is called the word of God and the armies in heaven clothed in fine linen white and clean they followed him on white horses now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword. Amen? That creative, powerful word was there from the beginning. That creative, powerful word is seen at the very end. Amen? And all throughout time, Isaac proclaimed that powerful word over his son. And we still, 4,000 years at least later, we see the manifestation of that blessing on the nation of Israel. No wonder Solomon wrote in the book of Proverbs 18, verses 20 and 21. He says, A man's stomach will be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. From the produce of his lips he shall be filled. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. This is not something that's associated with the Word of Faith movement. This is the foundation of our Christian life. Amen? There's power in the words that we speak. Amen? And with the power that's present in words spoken, it's no coincidence, I don't think, that the initial evidence of the infilling and the baptism of the Holy Spirit was associated with words spoken. Amen? 
It can't be a coincidence because in Acts 2, 2 through 4, it says, Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. It filled the whole house where they were sitting, and there appeared unto them divided tongues as a fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Amen. Paul said, edify yourself by praying in the Spirit. It builds yourself up. You don't know what to pray? Pray in the Spirit. Romans 8, 26 through 28 says, likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. We don't know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be entered. Now, he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know Here's how all things work together. We know that all things work together for good for those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. Amen. God gave us the ability to get everything working in our life according to his perfect will. If we don't know what to pray, any situation in our life, we yield ourselves and we can pray in the Holy Spirit. We can be led by the Holy Spirit and pray in English. And the, the words that we pray... The words that we pray have inherent power. They're loaded with power when we speak, when we pray. Those words go out. They produce fruit. They're seeds. Amen? Hallelujah. God created with his word, and he's given you and I that same creative power. 1 John chapter 4, verse 18 says, Love has been perfected among us in this that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. Amen? He provided uh, the example of how to change situations with a powerful spoken word, and just as he is, so are we in this earth. Amen? No matter what we're going through, no matter what situations we face, we have the ability to change the course of things with the words we speak. Amen? In, um, oh, where'd that scripture go? I don't know what it is, but I'm going to read it to you. I cut it off. And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore we speak. Anybody know what that scripture is? Where's Pastor Pam when you need her? All right. The writer of James also talked about the importance of our words this way. Listen to what James said in in James chapter 3, verse 2. He said, we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man. So anything that's happening, destructive habits, anything that's holding us back from being the person we know God has called us to be, if we can get our words in line and speak that which we know we want to see manifest in our life, We'll see it come to pass. Amen. He said, if anyone does not stumble in word, he's a perfect man. He's able to bridle the whole body. 
Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look also at ships. Although they are so large and they're driven by fierce winds and they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires, even so the tongue is a little member and it boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. One small spark in a forest has the ability to start a fire, has the ability to unleash a devastating wildfire and take out thousands of acres. We're seeing it on the West Coast, right, or saw it. One fire can wreak massive devastation. I think it's pretty cool that that James showed us a very negative example, and he also showed a positive example. One negative word, one hurtful word, one idle word, a word that you didn't intend to speak, has the potential, burn down a forest. But also, a well-thought-out, intentional, deliberate, right, careful, purposeful, faith-filled word of life is like a bit in a horse's mouth. It's able to turn that powerful animal. Or even better yet, a rudder on a huge ship able to turn that thing wherever the pilot desires. Our words are the same way. Amen? used correctly, used accurately, used carefully. Words have the ability to chart the course of a person's life. Words have inherent creative power capable of turning a situation around. I didn't hear this my whole life. I never was taught the power of words growing up. I don't know if you all were, but I was not. And so the first time I ever had heard it or read about it, it was in college. I went to a, a conference in, in Tulsa. Kenneth Hagen uh, was speaking, and they handed out these books called uh, from E.W. Kenyon. And uh, E.W. Kenyon, powerful uh, faith author. And, and I read in there, he had, a, he had a simple little two- or three-page devotional about the power of your words. And that's the first time I had ever heard about it. Amen? Words are loaded with power. Look at what Jesus said in Matthew 12, 33 through 37. He said, I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they must give account of it in the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified, just as if you've never sinned. By your words you'll be justified, and by your words... You will be condemned. So Jesus answered them in Mark eleven twenty two. Jesus said, "Have faith in God. Assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says." Amen. And then look what Paul said in Romans chapter ten, verses eight through thirteen. He said, but what does it say? The word is near you. It's in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith, which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart, one believes unto righteousness or right standing or 
born again, with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And that salvation, the Greek word is soteria, S-O-T-E-R-I-A. These days you can find it on Google. Uh, That word is soteria, and the definition is rescue, deliverance from danger, restoration to a state of safety, soundness, health, and well-being. So with the heart, we believe unto righteousness, and we get sonship, and we get relationship, and we get right standing with the Father. And Paul said, work out your salvation. How do we work it out? I thought it was by grace. We receive sonship by grace. But it's up to you and I to work out that salvation. We work out that salvation, that rescue, that deliverance from danger, that rescue, uh, uh, restoration to a state of safety, soundness, health, and well-being. We work it out with the words that we speak. Amen? Amen? With the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Confession is made unto restoration and safety and deliverance and well-being. Amen? Hallelujah. Isaac understood the power of the words he spoke when he boldly proclaimed his blessing over his son Jacob. Not his blessing, a blessing. A blessing over his son Jacob, who later became Israel. Um, I heard one person say, you know what? Well, God knows what I meant because God is looking at the heart. Well, God may have known what we meant, but out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And there's just way too much evidence in the word. Amen? That word spoken produce fruit. How about some idle words? This is killing me. I don't even want to say that. Lord, I repent in Jesus' name. I did not mean that word. Amen? How about this? Instead of this is killing me, how about God is working all things out on my behalf? Amen? How about this? Man, this is driving me crazy. Really, is that what you're believing for? Because every word spoken produces fruit in our life? How about the comforter is helping me in this situation? This is one. I get, I get excited about things. Uh, for instance, um, we got basketball games next Saturday. What's our record, boys? 4-0, baby. Woo! All right. I'm going to tell you what. Clinton Prairie, I was 0-4 against Clinton Prairie when I coached Luke's team all the way through. Those poor little kids on Clinton Prairie's team. We got a team this year. This little group I got now. Well, these little boys this year on Clinton Prairie, they had no idea what I had been through in the past. So we unleashed it on them, boys. I'm sorry, but what was the score? Start out, 35 to 4. 31-2, start out. Now we let them catch up. We had good sports. Hey, we knock them down, we help them back up. That's what we do. Anyway, I'm getting into pride now. Look out. So... I am not getting into pride in Jesus' name. Thank you. Seriously, seriously. Amen. All right, so, so I, I really enjoy coaching. It's a blast. I love every minute of it. I love it, I love it, I love it. So I'm catching myself at saying, man, I can't wait till practice. I can't wait till next Saturday's game. 
Really, is that the feeling I want to create in myself? I can't wait. Don't we want to be patient? Amen. How about, man, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be awesome. Amen. How about this? Man, that's, that guy's unbelievable. Pastor Bill, he's unbelievable, man. No, we don't want to proclaim that over him, right? I know what the spirit of the intent of what we're saying. Amen. I think we need to be very deliberate with the words that we're speaking. How about I can't find my keys? I can't find my keys. I can't find my keys. Well, that's not going to help. Amen. How about I'm finding my keys? Two hours later, I'm finding my keys, and I am finding them in Jesus' name. The Lord is helping me. (laughs) Every word that comes from our mouth is producing something. Our words are seed, and that seed will grow. Words produce fruit. Uh, Four simple keys this morning, and we will conclude. Four simple keys that I I think we can all grow in this vital area of our lives. We can, each of us, we can look at the past week, the past month. We can recognize I need to grow in this area. Uh, I have been growing. The Lord has been impressing on my heart, but I'm just recognizing I need to grow so much more. What did I say this morning on the way to church? Well, I did say that, yes. And I said to my daughter, you are ready to go also. Amen. <laughs> okay. Sorry. I love you. All right. What did I say? It was, it was in the car right down the street. I said something, and it's not what I wanted to see happen. It wasn't inherently evil or, you know, crazy negative, but it was not what I was looking for. You know what I was talking about? I was talking about the team, of course. <laughs> and so I, I keep, I'm, I'm realizing, I keep, I've been rehearsing over and over a couple of the character traits of the kids that that I want to see them develop and grow and uh, demonstrate more unselfishness on the team and not make it all about them. And so I keep catching myself, and I did it again this morning. I was like, man, he's just going to he's got to stop being so selfish. He's such a great athlete, such a good player. Why is he being so selfish? I'm not helping this young man by proclaiming that over his life. Amen? So even those little things, got to turn it, amen? Quit rehearsing the problem. Quit talking about what we don't want to see and describe what we do want to see and allow God to go to work in the situation, amen? Four simple keys that uh, I believe we can all grow in this area. Number one, uh, be very deliberate with the words that we allow into our ears and the, the words and the media and the pictures we allow into our eyes because The eyes and the ears are the gateway to our heart, and out of the abundance of the heart, our mouth is going to speak, and whatever we allow into our eyes and into our ears has the ability to affect our heart, and we'll we'll mold and shape the person that we are and impact the decisions that we make and and how the character that we demonstrate, and and so we have to be, be very deliberate with what we're allowing into the eyes and into the ears. It's amazing to me that corporate America even knows how this works. Last Super Bowl, the average 30-second commercial, do you all remember how much that 30-second commercial cost? $4.5 million, $4.5 million for a 30-second commercial. What are they getting? They're getting words, pictures, media 
to get into our eyes, into our ears, to get into our heart, to hopefully impact our behavior, right? Who's making these decisions to spend this money? These are the most successful corporations on the planet. And these successful corporations are led by the brightest marketing minds on the planet. They're not dumb people, <laughs> right? And, and who's writing the check? The, the smartest CFOs on the planet. They, they've done the research. They've concluded that 30 seconds of the opportunity to influence you and I for 30 seconds is worth $4.5 million. It will impact our behavior. Amen? These are smart people making these decisions. So can you imagine a secular song, negative, ungodly song, in our ears a hundred times in one week? Can you imagine the impact that could have on our behavior? I went to, uh, uh, grew up in a public school, rode the school bus. She played, uh, the bus driver played the local secular station. And so from kindergarten through fifth grade, I heard all that secular music every day. All those songs, they'll come on the radio today. I know every word of every song. I can still sing them all. What? That's not cool, <laughs> right? That was not cool, Judy. Turn that radio to K-Love. <laughs> so be deliberate about what we're allowing into our eyes and ears, amen? Uh, number two, uh, frame our day every morning with words of faith for what we want to see that day. Amen? I've been growing in this a lot. And uh, uh, in the morning, just taking time and, and thinking about the schedule of the day, what's going to happen that day, where I'll be, what I'm going to be doing, and then deliberately speaking what I want to see happen throughout the day in each of those situations. It, wherever we're at in life, whoever we're interacting with, whatever we're doing, whatever we're responsible for, framing the day with the words that we speak. Amen? It's had a very positive impact on me because then as I get to that meeting, I'm thinking back to the morning going, I've already spoken over this meeting. It's going to go well in Jesus' name. Amen? Number two, respond with deliberate words of faith. I'm sorry. What are we on? Sorry, okay. So number one is be deliberate with what we allow in. Number two is frame our day with words of faith. Number three, respond with deliberate words of faith the moment we encounter diversity. Diversity. Adversity. <laughs> Not diversity. Diversity is a good thing, okay? All right, so adversity. Can be. Adversity. The moment we encounter adversity. Respond with words of faith. Amen? And number four, be very deliberate with every word that is spoken. No idle, no careless words. Amen? Don't receive this word with condemnation. I know you don't. But to me, it's a tremendous, it's an encouraging word to know that there's no impossibilities for our life. Amen? That God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask, think, or imagine. And he's given this, um, uh, this amazing opportunity to us every day to change, to change anything. Amen? With powerful words of faith that we can speak. 
And if we see it happen in five minutes, praise God. If it takes five years of continuing to proclaim faith over a situation, praise God. Amen? Whatever it takes. It's the best way to live, right? Amen. Hallelujah.